Welcome to The Everyday Heroine. This podcast is meant to inspire women's leadership to help encourage women to discover the truth about what they are capable of. Hey, it's Maria with another episode of The Everyday Heroine. On the heels of each episode, I am always inspired with new topics of conversation that take a person further down new avenues in life to adventure as an everyday heroine. After last week's episode on exercising your love muscles, I knew I would have to address the polar opposite of love eventually. That means that we are talking about hate today. As I attempt to open up a dark and dreadful topic of conversation, I will begin by sharing a few bullet points to help you see where I plan to take you in the next half hour as we tippy-toe around the topic of hate. First, I want to talk about one of the most powerful movies I have ever seen because the entire movie was a documentary on hate. The documentary is called Erasing Hate, which documents Brian Widner's journey to undergo painful treatments to remove the physical representation of hate on his skin particularly on his face, while he attempts to recover from his psychological representations of hate in his mind and in his heart. There's a seven-minute YouTube video that I will share in the show notes that quickly highlights Brian and his wife Julie's transformation. Next, I must talk about my favorite movie, Wonder Woman. Because as I was studying women's leadership and women's empowerment way before I started this podcast, I had a strong sense to explore the idea of how it can be acceptable for a superheroine to kill people. Just because she's beautiful and she has a great mission and purpose in life doesn't seem to be enough to justify killing. How does it seem to be okay that we gloss over this fact in a superhero movie? And then, I can't go without talking about the Olympics. There are many stories that must be mentioned here. There are some true everyday heroines that cannot go unrecognized as the Olympics are coming to a close. Now, let me tell you about what I remember from the movie Erasing Hate and why it was the most powerful movie that I have ever seen. Brian was going through a series of treatments to erase the tattoos on his face. I can't imagine getting a tattoo on my face, let alone getting it erased. I have heard enough about tattoos to know that even the smallest or tiniest tattoo is a painful process to some extent. If you talk to enough people, and in today's world, there are many people who have tattoos. I want one myself. They seem to say something similar and that there are areas of the body or the skin that are more sensitive than others. Brian had tattoos all over his face and neck. The tattoos themselves were symbols of hatred. So he was basically a walking billboard of hate. He was known as an enforcer, 
whose mission was to enforce the teachings or culture of the organization that he represented. So his behavior and his beliefs all aligned with the images of hate on his face. Let's just say that on the outside, he did not look like a very approachable person. There were moments in the documentary when you could see the painful process of his physical recovery after each treatment. It looked far more painful to erase a tattoo than it did to get one. It took a long period of time in between his treatments because he needed his skin to heal naturally from the inside out. During the entire process, he received a lot of help and support for his transformation. There is a snapshot of his face before each treatment so you can see the transformation process from beginning to end. It is quite remarkable. In the interview, he quickly states that at a moment in time, he changed his heart. He tells us that once he decided to change his heart, he went down the long and painful path to make his outside represent how he felt on the inside. It sounds quick and easy, but the documentary helps us understand how challenging and difficult it must have been for him and continues to be for him. Plus, what it really tells us is that there is no end in our journeys to unlearn some of the hateful ways we learn in our human lives. As humans, we can't help but do a compare and contrast exercise when it comes to anything. In the realm of hate, comparing and contrasting can make us think that we are ahead of the game. It may even give us a false sense of not being in the game of hate when the divide appears to be that great. The reality is that if you are a human, you are either creating peace or you are creating war at any given moment in time. Brian very wisely tells us in the interview that all hate stems from self-hate. This is similar and consistent with what I said about love. Our capacity to love stems from our ability to practice self-love or refrain from practicing self-hate. So what gives Wonder Woman the right to kill anyone? Trust me, I've watched that movie more than I'd like to admit. One of the reasons why I study that movie is to see the transformation and to grow a deeper understanding of the heroine's journey. I do this because I have a sincere desire to act as an everyday heroine myself. I want to constantly learn and grow into a better person until the day I die. I feel as though this should be in a manual somewhere, guiding me down this path of success, reminding me of that inner strength that goes with me everywhere I go, telling me that at each moment in time, I have the ability and the capacity for greater love. The reason why the movie Wonder Woman is so important to us is because it resonates with us. We see Diana going through the transformation process just like we do. Well, maybe not exactly like we do, but pretty similar to what is possible for us. 
There are two scenes that I focus on when I try to reverse engineer being a superheroine. The first scene is rather quick. It's the scene where Ares offers Diana a place in eternal paradise. And Diana turns him down. It's very subtle. Even after watching it several times, I still have some unanswered questions in my mind. How does Diana know to turn him down at this moment? Doesn't his version of paradise look very similar to the mascara? How does she know what he is offering is different from what she grew up with when she is all by herself with no one to advise her? Are the teachings that her mother instilled in her so powerful in love that she can determine the difference on her own as an adult? Brian from Erasing Hate said that when his son was born, he realized that he did not want him to grow up to be exposed to the same violence that he experienced. That was a powerful motivator to seek love over hate and drive his decision-making process. He was raised on hate, yet he knew at that moment which one was more important for a better future. Does love conquer all in the end, always? If that is so, why do so many people still hate so much? The second scene in Wonder Woman that I studied many times was the moment after Steve Trevor blows up the plane, saving so many lives while taking his own. Diana has a strong and violent reaction to this, and it looks like her reaction hurts some innocent bystanders. This scene actually makes a lot of sense to me. This is where my favorite movie meets my favorite book to make a deeper connection with the playbook for playing the game of life. One of my favorite books of all times is The Language of Emotions by Carla McLaren. For anyone who wants to understand emotional intelligence, this is a must-read book. Carla can explain emotions like no one else I've ever studied. And I've studied a lot. In the book, Carla explains how emotions flow and how you actually need to move through the layers of emotions to facilitate that flow and get yourself to a higher place. She gives us an example in her book that goes something like this. Have you ever ignored a little problem in life? Let's take cleaning up the basement as our example. This was a real-life little problem I needed to resolve many years ago. At first, it can be easy to ignore the problem, out of sight, out of mind. I was kidding myself when I thought, no one cares how messy my basement is. The more I ignored it, the more opportunities came to remind me of how bad the basement was getting. This did not make me happy. When it got to the point that it made me mad enough to do something about it, I finally took responsibility for my mess and I cleaned it up. I finished the basement and created a wonderful place to hang out and be creative. This is the same process for playing the game of life. In episode 24 and 25, I talk about attitudes and levels of energy. When I first listened to Carla's book, I was able to connect her interpretation of how emotions work with energy leadership. 
as I was taught as a life coach by Dr. Bruce D. Schneider. On top of the emotional part, life coaching includes your thoughts or mindsets and the actions and results that are created based on such thoughts and emotions. Both Brian and Carla had significant traumas in early childhood. In episode 25, I talk about the five steps for adjusting an attitude for a successful life. It has a lot to do with childhood experiences. You don't need to experience significant trauma to choose to experience more peace in life. I highly encourage you not to wait for something dramatic to happen to seek out more success and happiness. I think there are plenty of people walking around dissatisfied enough that it is having a negative cumulative effect on the planet. You can see it in the news. This emotional growth process is also the same process that Diana goes through after Steve Trevor saves the day so that Diana can save the world. Diana hurts some people, even kills some people, as she moves through the emotional process of fighting for the greater good while grieving the losses along the way. She changes quickly in the final transformation of the movie, where she fulfills her destiny and becomes the God killer that she was meant to be. At the final stages of the transformation process, she becomes invincible and she glows with confidence. She has an inner strength, that je ne sais quoi. That inner strength is effortless and beautiful in a love conquers all kind of way. She knows she is more powerful than Aries, and she instinctively discovers another superpower. She does it with grace and without ego. Which brings me back to the Olympics. I love the Olympics. Up until a decade ago, I was always totally into the Olympics. I needed to see all of the events and hear all of the stories so that I could stay incredibly inspired with all of that Olympic spirit. It is a very powerful event that has such a powerful impact on so many people, places, and things. And like anything else in life, there is a mixture between peace and war, love and hate. I wanted to bring some visibility to the events that have been taking place during the Beijing 2022 Olympics while I sum up my superficial perspective on hate. There are plenty of acts of love and triumph as we hear stories. I want to highlight a few of my favorites. Brittany Bowe gave Aaron Jackson a spot on the speed skating team. Aaron uncharacteristically stumbled in qualifying, and Brittany was a true everyday heroine in giving her the spot. I was thrilled to witness Erin become the first black woman to win a gold medal in speed skating for Team USA at a Winter Olympics. Brittany shared the joy and enthusiasm of Erin's victory. We should all understand that Brittany acted from a place of selflessness, or in other words, love. I'm sure many others are inspired by Brittany's act of love, and Aaron's achievement, especially when you can see how it adds to everyone's experience. It does not take away 
This is abundance and love in action. This is peace and love. I love to see the story about Eileen Gu, who was born in America and lives in America. Her mother is Chinese. Eileen visits China every summer, and she is a student at Stanford. She competed for China in the Winter Olympics because she saw the opportunity to inspire many young girls in China to follow her lead with dreams of winter sports and becoming Olympic hopefuls. I understand the hatefulness that Eileen would endure as she blazes that trail and navigates the turbulent world of fame. She is a three-time medal winner in a single Winter Olympics with two golds and a silver. She is smart, beautiful, and highly talented. Unfortunately, the haters come out of the woodwork when a star shines so bright. Eileen seems to be well-supported by very loving people who can help her achieve her best, even in the midst of darkness. On the contrary, there is a lot of drama and darkness from the women's figure skating event. The controversy surrounding the doping allegation around the Russian Olympic Committee and women's figure skater Camila was incredibly unfortunate. It was a darkness that filled the air and continues to cloud what should be the happiest moments for every athlete. I watched the televised event of the long program. As each woman performed and celebrated with a smile as they came off the ice, I thought I was witnessing something very different. Skater after skater, each woman was so proud of her achievements and each woman was genuinely happy. That's the je ne sais quoi I speak about. Each one seemed to have such joy at the end of her routine. As Camilla was about to perform, there was a change in the air. The cloud of darkness from doping allegations seemed to follow her onto the ice, and fate took center stage as she fell repeatedly and uncharacteristically. But the darkness stayed. Camilla's immediate reaction at the end of her performance seemed to invite another layer of darkness into the arena. Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir took a solid stand in support of integrity for the sport and for the Olympics. They helped us stay in the light with a strong voice of reason as they narrated. They took a firm stance against the unfortunate behavior from the Russian adults, not the young and unbeknownst women skaters, almost too young to be called women. Johnny Weir interpreted the Russian comments from Camilla's coaches as she came off the ice. They apparently reacted to her harshly, criticizing her. I'm not sure what the point was at this moment. It was over, and there was nothing to be done in the immediate aftermath of the performance. I'm sure this is a sign of hate and darkness that infuses the culture of ice skating in certain domains with too much pressure and too much expectation on gold medals. It's not a failure of Camilla. It's not a failure of the ultimate kind. It is a failure from the elders 
who are responsible for holding the space for the young, vulnerable, and innocent. The layers of darkness were too much to handle, even from an entire arena, and the drama created something for history. What I witnessed was something I hope I never see again, and hopefully never at an Olympics. A lot of the happiness that I reported from all the women skaters before Camilla seemed to either vanish or diminish. Somehow, Alexandra Trusova went from happy to devastated, with an outward refusal to participate in the podium ceremony until she actually did. I don't fully understand it, but I believe the team culture and expectations that were reinforced by coaches and adults surrounding her drove that behavior. She did not look as grateful as she could have been to receive one of the highest achievements a woman can receive in a lifetime after her amazing performance. Japan's Kaori Sakamoto was wonderful. She seemed to maintain the spirit of the Olympics even while surrounded by darkness. I loved the footage of her being held by a guy as she cried tears of joy from a deep happiness that she could only express with tears of joy. It looked like he was speaking words of encouragement as she let her emotions come out. That lovely embrace is what everyone should have in moments like that so that we can get to a higher place. That's how we deserve to celebrate in the arms of loved ones with support and encouragement. It was so awkward to see Anna Sherbakova in the waiting area with Kaori and at times by herself. She seemed to maintain her happiness, but due to the circumstances, it must have been less than ideal. And everyone in the world kind of wanted to just give her a hug and help her celebrate her victory. She embraced the moment on the podium in an adorable jump for joy as she took the gold medal position in the ceremony. The next day, I was happy to see that the broadcasters and the reporters moved right along to honor and celebrate the athletes still competing. The darkness seemed to dissipate and the spirit of the Olympics continued as it should. In closing, I want to share a good rule of thumb. As Wonder Woman said, In each of us, there is both darkness and light. This is a great reminder that we are all human and we will have moments of each in life. That is to be expected. Take a moment to notice which one prevails. Are you experiencing more of an 80-20 dark to light ratio, letting the darkness guide your light? Or are you experiencing more of an 80-20 light to dark ratio? letting the light guide your darkness. Moving from the dark to the light takes some effort. Watch that movie Erasing Hate. Or the movie Skin, which is a drama made from the documentary. Here's another plug to do a regular peace practice so that you can maintain the 80-20 light being the guide ratio. You won't regret it. Or do me something better and go for more than 80-20. Be the light. Remember, there is no such thing as perfection. There's always going to be darkness surrounding all of the stars in the sky. Enjoy your adventures and journey responsibly. 
Thank you so much for listening to The Everyday Heroine. It is my honor to be on this journey in life with you. Feel free to hit the follow button as we continue our adventures. Check the show notes for additional information on this episode. You can also go to mariacoffman.com. Make sure you are on the email list to get podcast updates. You will also be the first to get updates on our products and services and everything else we have going on at the Kaufman Institute. For those looking for career and life advancement now, find the links to get on a coaching consult with me so that you too can be living your dream life like an everyday heroine. Everyone matters and you deserve to live the life of your dreams. No need to wait or hesitate. Answer your call to greatness with one simple act of scheduling that call. For now, enjoy your adventures and journey responsibly. Cheers. MariaKaufman.com is M-A-R-I-A-K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N.com. See you there.